Welcome to the Sailor Jimmy Podcast, your one-stop shop for raw takes on current events, sports, news, and everything in between. Inspiring people to chase their dreams, share their success stories, and find joy in life. Now, here's your captain at the helm, U.S. Navy veteran, Jimmy Rogers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What are you guys up to? Everything. I'm sitting in the studio right now. Scott's in South Spain. Nashville. You gotta take care of Jurassic Park out here. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting to be that time. Well, anyways, hey man, thanks for thanks for taking the time today to uh, spend a little time with us on this podcast. Uh, we're gonna we we like to start off the show with doing this or that. So just have a little fun with you guys. We're looking for one one word responses. Sometimes it doesn't go that way. Just have fun with it. Okay. So we'll start with you, Scott. Do you prefer pork or beef? Beef. Spider Man or Batman? Batman. You rather dine in or dine out? Out. Coffee or tea? Tea. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one. This next one, Lindsay and I were debating last night. Wine or whiskey? Wine. Yes. <laughs> the fruit of the gods. <laughs> I was talking to Lindsay last night, and I was like, well, he has a song about wine, and then he has his own whiskey bottle or whiskey brand, so I don't know which one he's going to choose, but <laughs> I went with wine, she went with whiskey, so I won that. No beans or beans in your chili? No beans. I don't really, I'm, I don't really like chili. <laughs> Non-Southern roots. <laughs> they say real Texas chili has no beans. All right, Donnie, we're going to come firing at you with the same ones. Pork or beef? Beef. My man, Spider-Man or Batman? Batman. These DC guys, dine in or dine out? Dine out. My guy, coffee or tea? Coffee. Wine or whiskey? Wine. Oh, it shocked me on that one. I thought that was going to be whiskey yeah, for yes. sure. Beans or no beans <laughs> in the chili? Depends on the chili. Skyline, no beans. My chili, beans. All right. That's fair so, enough. See, I'm, not, I'm like, if, you, if I'm eating a hot dog, I don't want any beans. Thanks. I agree with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if I'm like, eating like chili with like like a Frito pie or something, I'm beans all the way. So yeah. All right, we're gonna jump right into it. I think what uh, is very interesting and people want to know is how how did and I'm sure a lot of people already know you've told the story a lot on stage. How did the how did the war hippies become like what what how did y'all come together and how was it born? <laughs> Believe it or not, uh, I met Scott. We had met uh, a couple years uh, ago in a at a video shoot for another artist and. We connected briefly just in passing. I ended up following him on on socials. And I happened to, during the pandemic, it was 2020 or 2021, right? Either right smack dab in the middle of it or right after it when we still couldn't tour and stuff. He sent a message about supporting veteran-owned businesses. And I, and I or he didn't send it. I, I saw a post that he put up about supporting veteran-owned businesses. And I just was like, I'm going to message this dude. And I sent him a message and I said, hey, man, I'm a combat vet. I got a studio over in Nashville. You should come over and visit. And he came over and visited, and I mean, it, it, I know it sounds cliche, but the rest is really history. It just kind of took its own shape after that. So did y'all just get in the studio and just start, like, hammering out music? Basically, like, we were hanging out. We were coming to the studio and just and just having hangs, really. And at this point, I'd actually never heard Donnie play before, and he'd never heard me in, in, live before it at, at all. And I was doing a uh, benefit at 3rd and Lindsley in Nashville. It was, like, 20 other artists on it, and I told Donnie, I said, hey, man, why don't you come sit in with me. I'm playing three, four songs just by myself. He's like, yeah, sure. We get there and we're in the green room and Donnie goes, hey, so what, what songs are we playing? And I was like, man, I don't know. And he goes, you got like a key signature that you like to use or anything? And I said, man, I, I think I'm just going to wing it. 
And he goes, all right, man, cool. I like your style. And so we go out on stage and we play these songs and we end up getting a, like a two and a half minute standing ovation. It was wild. No, no other artist that was there. And we're talking, there were some pretty big, big names on this thing. Um, there was no other standing ovations. And uh, we get back in the green room and we're just like, kind of like fist bumping, like, oh, that was awesome, you know? And our wives came back and it was like, what was that? And we were like, I don't know, but it was cool, right? And they're like, yeah. And then my booking agent for Scooter Brown Band was, came up and he was like, hey, no, really, but like, what's up with that? Like, are you guys doing <laughs> something? Like, I could see the this twinkle the in his show. eyes, you know? And so Donnie started like, he'd come out and play some songs with a Scooter Brown Band and a couple of shows. Donnie owns a studio in Nashville. He's been producing music for like five years, six years. He toured with the front men. And he kind of was like off the road and like, hey, man, I'm, I've got my studio now. I don't really want to do the road life anymore. So I didn't really know if Donnie was going to want to do anything more than, than than a side project with this. And so that's kind of how it started was like, hey, what if we just what if we make some music here and there? What if we play a couple shows a year? You know, and, and so that's kind of how it started. And then when we put out our first deal, all of a sudden the phone started ringing and the social started blowing up going, hey, guys, like, what is this? A, a longtime friend of Donnie's a guy named uh, J.W. Roth got a hold of him and said, hey, uh, do you guys have the trademarks on this? Because this is bigger than music. It's a brand. And so sure enough, it had never been trademarked. And we bought up all the trademarks. And J.W. said, I want to I want to partner up with you on this. And it was off to the races. Next thing you know, we were picked up a tour with Travis Tritt. We didn't even have a song out yet or, or, or an album. So we had to throw it together an album in like 30 days. And it, I remember it you, just you, like you called me to make, yeah, you called me to make some hats. You're like, do I need hats in like 10 days? Like we're going on tour with Travis Tritt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, dude, it, it really is wild, man. Like I did Scooter Brown band for 15 plus years and yeah. you know, we had our, we had our success and, and some really great things that had happened for us. Um, I have never been a part of anything that has just taken off as fast as this to where this is the first year since 2005 scooter brown band has zero dates on the books for this year because the focus is war hippies and uh it's kind of given and i know i'm taking up a lot of the time right now donnie donnie can take over but like uh for me it's given me a new lease on the music because i was getting tired i was getting bored the covid freaking knocked me out man i mean we 2019 we had such a huge run with charlie daniels leading up to 2019 2020 we were doing this huge tour it was uh us and charlie daniels and marshall tucker band um and it was really next level stuff and then it just went away um and it feels like man it feels like just like the way you guys tell the story that it was like destined like it was god wanted this to happen for you guys and like it was Maybe this was his intervention into your lives to rejuvenate you, Scott. And you guys were meant to meet each other. And I mean, you're living now. You're living. I feel like you guys are living your dream. Yeah, hundred percent. You're right. You're right, man. We say it all the time. It's uh, it's just so serendipitous how it all happened. And it, it, uh, you know, I didn't think I was going to go back out. My one of you know one of my number one passions is is to to perform for people. But you know, I just kind of thought that it'd run its course. Never thought in a million years. You know, it's like it's like you know playing in the majors and then you know going into management and then they call you they're like hey man we need you to pitch again 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Not right. ready kid or what? <laughs> the movie Major League. Yeah. I know you guys both served in the military. Scott, you were a Marine. Donnie, you were in the Army. Before the show started, Chris, you want to talk to him about that video we watched before the show? Very, oh, yeah. It was interesting. The, we, he was showing me a... Another podcast with Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, so whenever Jimmy asked me if I wanted to come do this, <laughs> I was on the couch with my roommate, and I told her, I was like, yeah, you know, Scotty or Scott and Donnie are going to come and do uh, the show. And they were like, oh, my God, like, I just saw this video, and it's Ben Roethlisberger for six minutes talking about how he met a male cheerleader that looks like Chris Stapleton, <laughs> and he comes up to me with this absolutely ridiculous story that I was never going to believe. <laughs> And then he showed me pictures like, yeah, there's there's me holding my future wife. Like, you married her? Like, what's going on here? And um, and like it was like a six minute promo for War Hippies and uh, that y'all served and like where y'all can listen to their music and all this kind of stuff. And and I thought it was really cool that um, I mean, it really sounded like you left an impression on one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, so I mean, how he was kept that? saying like he kept saying like, man, imagine like somebody looking like Chris Stapleton telling you he's a cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, the funny thing is, is, is that is that you know it, it, the thing is, is is it's been 21 years since we've seen each other, but I look nothing like I did when I was in college, <laughs> unrecognizable. And so the few times that we did hang out at parties and drink, like his backup quarterback is still one of my best friends. Nice. Um. So, like, I knew all the guys and stuff, but the few times we did hung, hung out, he had zero recollection of whatsoever. <laughs> we used to work out in the same gym and everything. And then, because it's just because I'm completely not, you know, in, in uh, I, he did start kind of, you know, it's just a little bit of it started to kind of come back. And, and, uh, and he did, man. He was, he was, and it, the funny thing about that day was I hadn't seen him in 21 years. And we walked into Kimosabi and, 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 you know, Scott noticed him because he's huge. Scott's like, who's this big mother effort? You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and honestly, I didn't even, I didn't know it was him. I just walked by because I'm, I'm 6'3", 225 pounds. Like, I'm pretty yeah. big dude. And, like, this dude yeah. made me feel like a little a little chump. chump. I was like, God, man. I'm like, I'm just trying to take a leap, dude. Can you get out of the way, bro? Yeah. Like, and, Yeah, and that's then, a little bit over there. <laughs> I go up to the bathroom or I come back out and, and Donnie comes up and goes, hey, man, did you see Ben? And I said, Ben who? Like Roethlisberger, I was like, "Oh, is that that big dude?" <laughs> He's like, "Yeah." And, and so the, the the funniest thing, so like we're up in Aspen, and uh, and so we we run into him, and I'm like, "Hey, man, like we got to grab a picture, you know? When's, yeah. How often you run into to Ben Roethlisberger?" So we go up to the top of the mountain, and we come back down, and we're having a drink at the bottom, and all of a sudden, Ben and his wife come walking out of this this place. And he looks over at us, and we kind of give him the nod, and like, like, and we're in like this VIP section with like roped yeah. off, like Scott's red like, carpet. So and I'm like, what's up? He's like, can I come in here? <laughs> and, and so we had decided that we're going to go back to Kimosabi that evening before our show and do like three, four songs, just kind of like for a VIP thing over there. And so we're like, hey, you should come check this out, because he's like, man, I don't, I, I'd come to the show, I don't like to be around crowds and stuff like that because I just get hounded you know but like fair yeah. enough so he came back over and watched the the three or four songs that we did and so now this is the third time that we saw him that day so we leave and we're getting going to get ready for the show we go sound check and then the guy, the owner of the bar andrew sandler that um goes hey why don't you why don't we go out to eat one of our favorite italian restaurants 
So we're sitting there at this table, the three of us, and there's like this doorway. And all of a sudden, this head just comes poking out like this with a cowboy <laughs> hat on. And, I, and it was Ben again. And I was like, man, are you stalking us, dude? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like he goes all right he goes all right gentlemen this is getting a little weird and so now it's funny because you know we exchange numbers we've been texting back and forth to catch you know and, and all this stuff and, and i texted him and i was like you know i did it was real good seeing you man he's like man it's crazy you just texted me and then he sends me the link to the podcast yeah he goes listen to this i was just talking about you guys he said he heard y'all <laughs> so play a few did. songs and he was very impressed and it was really cool to just watch you guys watch you guys perform yeah he, he talked was- about uh donnie you told him that you were on a violin scholarship for when you went to college and you dropped it to go join the army. So he thought that was yeah. really neat. Yeah, yeah, totally did. Yeah. The, uh, um, I got to, I got to college. So Ben's a year younger than me and I got there in Miami and we actually had, um, we, we both had full rides. Um, his football, mine was for violin, but yeah. Um, the, uh, when the, you know, when the towers went down, that's when I gave my scholarship back. Yeah. And he mentioned that in the podcast. And then he said that he, when he met Scott, that, he remembered that uh, your mentor was uh, Charlie Daniels and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And I thought that was really cool that y'all have such an impression on him because he remembered a lot. Um, probably from what's a seen, lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I can't yeah. imagine the amount of interactions he has daily with people. But um, I just thought it was really cool uh, that he's like, yeah, these guys, I mean, they're just living the dream. War hippies, go check them out. Yeah. You know, like all this kind of stuff. Uh, and it was just uh, kind of ironic that he texted me the same day that almost his podcast came out. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing. Like that's what we were, you were talking about before. Like it's, it's destined. It's, it's serendipitous. What are the chances? What are the chances that we run into to Ben? I haven't seen Ben in 21 years. Yeah. What are the chances The owners of Kimosabi went to Miami university right. too? Mm-hmm. So we're all, we all have this connection. We run in, we run into him four times, reconnect on a real level. And and uh, and 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 get that, and it's it's just it's just funny. It's like the, what what the other guy say because he went from the biggest liar you've ever met to the most. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Because I started off the conversation with how uh, people can't just say, "Hey, what's up?" They just yeah. have to like make up something to get your attention. Try to be cool. Try to be cool, yeah. and then he's just like, "So how cool is it that this guy just had the most unbelievable story of all time, and then ended up being the most interesting man on the planet and the coolest man I've ever heard?" He's like, "I'm just walking in. This guy just comes walking up to me. He looks like Chris Stapleton, and I'm like, who the hell is this guy?" <laughs> I was a male cheerleader in Miami. Sure, you were. <laughs> yeah. Well, this whole time, Donnie had been telling me before about how like that you know that he went to school with ben and that you know that they'd hung out and all this stuff and and then uh, you know i'm like yeah cool man like and i'm like is he full of shit or is he just like (laughs) and then ben's there and then they're all freaking like oh my gosh they all talk about the same people and everything and i was like well (laughs) he's not messing with me (laughs) i saw you guys play a do-si-do a while back i think it was like maybe a month ago down here in Texas. Mm-hmm. And it's a great show. Obviously, Donnie, you're a big personality. You, know, you seem like you're a lot of fun. Scott, what, when you guys are on the road together, like what it's, what's it like having Donnie as a brother? I mean, I know you guys have a connection because you're both veterans and you served in the military. So there's probably some <laughs> uh, connection there and camaraderie. What's it like being with Donnie on a, on a, on a, on a trip, on a four-day weekend tour trip or something like that? <laughs> I'm sorry. Tell us a story. You're not going to sleep. Tell us. Tell us a story. I can only imagine, man. But I feel like he's the guy that like he keeps you alive, man. 
What is that line? Freaking, we're gonna go streaking through the the gym and the gymnasium and the quad. <laughs> through the quad. <laughs> no, um, you know it's funny because with war hippies, I mean war hippies itself is it's like a yin and a yang, right? Um, Donnie and I are a similar in a lot of ways, but we're also a yin and a yang. Like Donnie is a super energetic, like uh, just a, a personality that like you can't help but be drawn to. And people like see that and they just like, Donnie's rarely ever like in a <laughs> bad mood. Like Donnie's usually an upbeat, like, and I feed off of that because I'm a super chill. I'm a super like, I've got the male version of resting bitch face. Like I look like I want to murder people all the time <laughs> and I, I could be happy, but I just don't like have that kind of energy that I put out. And so for me, it's awesome to have a partner like Donnie because he can, he goes and he does or says things or makes co- connections with people that I would never make a connection with because I am the dude in the corner. That's, that's kind of like laid back. Whereas Donnie, he, he will talk to anybody. He will, like engage with anybody um and it's not that i don't want to it's just not my personality i mean i think that 98 percent of the time we are we get along great like on the road we might piss each other off like here and there but we're grown-ass men we've talked about it and like fist bump and like let's roll you know like brothers yeah it really is but he's he's fun man he's a trip and then just getting to be able to you know share a stage with him and watch him perform and put on the show that he does is fun too. It makes me want to be better at music and a better performer. Um, so it's awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll love it. Even the times that I want to slap the shit out of him. Uh, I love it. <laughs> and I'm sure he wants to slap the shit out of me sometimes too. It's all good. <laughs> Reminds me of Jack Black, man. I, I don't know. I get Jack Black from uh, school of rock from Donnie vibes. <laughs> After that, uh, after that Dusty Doe show, I still I stuck around and I uh, got to talk to both y'all individually for a little bit, and you could totally tell the two personalities that you're just talking about. Uh, Sky, you're inside and you're having a glass of wine and you're just hanging out. You're like, man, I'm ready to get back to the trailer, you know. But we start talking about like Scott Brown, Scott Brown band, and the transition of War Hippies and <laughs> and how much you love this project and all this kind of stuff. And then I go outside and Donnie's smoking a cigarette and, and I'm telling him like, Hey, Scott says he's tired. He's going to bed. He's like, the hell he is like, you know, and, and, and then I start talking to, to Donnie about y'all too. And it's like, y'all have the exact same thing to say about each other. Almost like y'all took PR training, which I know y'all didn't, but y'all are just speaking from the heart and how much y'all know each other so well and all that kind of stuff. And it was really cool to see like Thanks, man. how the yin and the yang yet it meshes so perfectly with y'all too. And, uh, and how much y'all care about this project. And that Dosey Do show was one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Oh, like, I'm not you. just trying to kiss your asses. Like that was a next level experience. I know Scott, that's one of your favorite venues. Yeah, absolutely. Like you talk about it all the time there, like just the intimacy and the, those four walls and your start of your career and stuff like that. But that show was like, I rented, I got, a, I bought a whole table upstairs that for that concert and i mean no one said a word to each other like you have to be quiet in that venue to begin with but no one gave a shit who was next to you like we were just locked in watching donnie be a goofball on the piano or (laughs) you watching donnie play the piano and it was just that was one of the coolest concerts i've ever been to so well that's big fan we definitely appreciate that and 
I'd like to add too, just like just with the dichotomy of what we're doing with war hippies and everything. We also, uh, I think, have. I don't know that it's ever been said out loud, but we also have a, a, a like a trust and a belief in one another of the fact that, like, I mean, we're both. I just turned forty-two. Donnie's going to be forty-two in a couple months. I mean, starting a new project in this business. At 40 plus years old is daunting. And we, and we also know that like, this is, this is our shot. Like this is our opportunity to really go to that next level that we've been trying to ascend to individually. And so we both are responsible for that. Like when it's just Donnie or if it's just Scooter Brown band or whatever, like I'm just responsible for that. But like, we are trusting each other that we are going to build this empire together. And at the end of the day, create in a hopefully a brand and an economy that's gonna like donnie always says like pay a lot of mortgages and we want to make a ton of money to be able to give back and do good things in the world with it and be good stewards and we trust each other with that and so like even when there's hard times even when you know we might agree or disagree on something like we're we go about it as men and as as business people and say okay what's the best for (laughs) moving forward uh, because after this, man, you know, if, if Warhead, I'm not going, I'm not going back to doing Scooter Brown Band. I'm just not like. Uh, you heard it here first, right here on the Sailor Jimmy podcast. This, this probably <laughs> is the first time I've said that out loud. I just don't have any ambition for that anymore. I'll have to go. I have to figure out something else. Um, we'll go into investment banking. <laughs> <laughs> you walk into Frost Bank and Donnie. <laughs> but no scott's scott's exactly right man i mean it, it is it's it's uh you know we've we've both had careers i have made you know count i've made mistakes uh, i've learned from them i've had i've had great successes uh, i've had i've had great failures um but all of them have, have have taught me you know a lot and i'm still learning i say this all the time i know a lot about a lot of shit but i know a whole lot less about a whole lot more <laughs> you know and it's kind of that that mentality, and we're able to we're able to really navigate it in, in a way because we are men. I mean, I'm not just thinking about like, you know, it's it's in our 20s we probably would have been fist fighting. Yeah, right. You know, no doubt. But but now it's like you know I'm not I'm not I don't I'm not, I like there's there's just it's it's all small shit. It's all small. And yeah, I don't it's, and it's, I don't have uh, egos that get in the way. No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, you guys no. look at each other on an equal playing field, and you're in it together. Yeah. Well, and that's how this whole thing works. Like. that was our conversation from the beginning was i mean donnie's played with a lot of people but i believe that i was the first one to ask him to to share it i was like i don't want it to be scott brown and the 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 violin player on the side i said i want you to share it center stage yeah Yeah. i was like there's no ego here man like i don't you do what you do great i do what i do and let's combine them together and see what we can do with it and you know, you gotta, you gotta take the ego out. Like this ego doesn't work in this situation. No, not at all. Well, we did that night with both of y'all talk a, a lot about like y'all's future. We'll continue to talk about that on this podcast. But one thing that both you, both of you said is that uh, one thing you love about this project and the, what you're doing is that the music that you're putting out, it makes people feel something like when they listen to you, especially live. I mean, there's not a single song that you're going to play 
even if they never heard it. If you're listening to the lyrics and you're listening to Donnie play that violin or even the piano or listen to you sing these lyrics, like they're going to feel something. And because of that, like, as far as I'm concerned, the future is just so bright for the war hippies. Because if you keep pumping out this music and you keep sending the messages that you're sending out while you're on stage, stuff like that, there isn't a person on this planet that's not going to be like, I can relate to that or I feel it or I want more of it. I mean, absolutely. It's going to just be an amazing journey for you guys. And I can't wait to, to watch it. I mean, there, you guys are already accomplishing so much. And I'm a big fan of Travis Tritt. Yeah, He's yeah. one of my all-time yeah. favorite country artists. What, He's the man. What, what, what's it like? I want to know what's it like being, being around him. What's he like as a person? I have a, So one night on Twitter, um, I just tweeted him one night. And I was telling him, I was like, hey, he was talking about military organizations. I was like, hey, I have this organization called Boots for Troops. Here's what we do. And he went on our on our website and donated $500. Never met me. Doesn't know who I am. Just off a tweet. So the guy is just obviously a very awesome. nice guy. <clears throat> and um, But what's it like being on tour with him? What kind of... Dude, what kind of, what was your interaction like with Travis Tritt? It's like any time you get a chance, you know, it's like even when I was uh, any chance, any time you get a chance to play with with uh, with your with your heroes and the icons, and you get to and and you know the the on stage thing and the, and the interactions are are you know you, once you get over the pinch me kind of moment where you where you you know you start to realize that it's real, yeah. it's not a dream. Um, you know, Travis is Travis has been just beyond kind to us. He is, uh, I mean, he doesn't have to take us out on the road. You know, he doesn't have to take out two guys who, who've got an act that's a year old. You know, we're in Nashville, Tennessee. There's a lot bigger people out here than us. Um, and you know, and he's kind, he's, um, he, he, he's, he's accommodating to us. He, um, you know, he always, he's complimentary of the music. That's the biggest thing. I, I, I tell people, I'm like, we're not on, I said, Travis Tritt is a huge supporter of, of the veteran community. And he loves the fact that we are veterans, but I promise you we're not on that stage because we're veterans. Right. We're on that stage because he likes the music that we're playing. Yeah. Right. And he likes the story. And because and, if we were, if we got up there, even though we were veterans and we were bad, yeah, like wouldn't, we wouldn't be, up, wouldn't there. be up there. Yeah, the music, the, the music still has to speak for itself. And uh, the best way I can describe it is, uh, I've known Travis for through the Charlie Daniels camp, and then I, I was on the uh, the USA Network uh, Real Country show on Travis's team, and that's where we really kind of like hit it off. And but his, he just he treats us like family. I mean, he is a family man. 100% his family comes first before anything and he treats us like part of the family and his family treats our families like part of the family um he's just a super like everything you could ever want of meeting a hero in the music business is he is 100% what's your what's your favorite song to see him watch him perform <sighs> man um i don't know it's hard saying. Favorite, I would say for me, it's so hard because his band is so freaking good. I love it when he does his acoustic set because Travis is That's an amazing guitar player. And even though it's not one of his songs, I love it when he does Long Hair Country Boy with Charlie Daniels. He does yeah. this amazing guitar intro at the beginning of it. I've actually stolen a little bit of the way that he sings that song of how I sing Long Hair Country Boy through because of travis and uh but then i love like you know 
long road to Richmond, rolling north on 95. The band kicks in and it's got that dobro in there and everything he does is gold, man. The guy's got a, one of the most amazing voices in country music and one of the best damn guitar players that as a front man. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. But like you said, when he when he plays by himself, just sits up there on like a stool with just his guitar and him. Oh man, dude, I just like it's magic. I, I can almost <laughs> like be moved to tears, dude. It's like yeah. so good. It's crazy. Absolutely. So let's get into a different topic. I want to talk a little bit because I'm a veteran. You guys are veterans. It's a veteran podcast. I know you both served. I'm always interested in understanding why someone joined the military. I obviously everybody, all of us veterans joined for different reasons. Uh, so Scott, let's start with you. What, how old were you and what, why did you decide to join uh, the Marines? <laughs> so, so my uh, Marine Corps choice is actually a funny story. It's fun. I've been telling this story uh, a lot lately. We've been doing a lot of interviews and podcasts for, for one, I always knew that I wanted to join the military probably from 10 years old. I just knew that wasn't be my path. Played baseball, did rodeo stuff growing up, but like, I just knew that this is what I was going to do. And I loved the army Rangers and the green berets, so many Rambo movies and you know, all that stuff. And, and so I actually at 17 went to go talk to, to the army recruiter. I show up to this, I show up to this recruiting office and this dude walks <laughs> out he's wearing his beret, super skinny, but had this like beer gut and his, his pant leg was like hiked up on his sock and he was smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And he opens the door right before I'm about to walk in. And he's like smoking a cigarette. He's like, hey, what are you doing here, man? Uh, can I help you? And I was like, yeah, I'm supposed to be meeting with you about talking about joining the Army. And he's sp- smoking a cigarette. Oh, man, I totally forgot you were coming. Uh, hey, I got I got a jet for like 20 minutes. Just sit here on this curb, you know, and I'll, and I'll be back. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. You know, so I'm sitting on this curb about five minutes. And this door swings open behind me. And this dude comes walking out just just. Jack freaking Marine, Staff Sergeant Gonzalez, perfect uniform, creases. All, it was just beautiful. He looked at me, he goes, hey, man, what are you doing? I said, I'm sitting here waiting for this Army guy to get back. He forgot I was coming today. He looked me in the face and he goes, you want to look like that shit bag or you want to look like this? And I said, I want to look like that. <laughs> he goes, step into my office. So I freaking walked into the office and I freaking joined the damn Marine Corps before that dude ever got back. Nice, <laughs> but it, oh man, I hope that recruiter sees this. Amazing I'm, how life on, works. Yeah. Like, can you imagine the trajectory of your life <laughs> had that guy not forgotten that you were there? Dude, I would, like, so I'm originally from Colorado. Like, I, the, the fact that I joined the Marine Corps and I met the guys that I met, like in the first two weeks, I'm, I, there was a guy in a cowboy hat wearing carrying a guitar. I never played guitar. <laughs> like, I, I learned how to play in the Marine Corps, and I and I happened to befriend him, and he was from spring texas ended up becoming one of my best friends and his buddies that's the reason why like i turned down my reenlistment package i was supposed to go to bridgeport california to be a mountain survival instructor and i just decided at the last minute you know what i'm gonna move to texas and see if i can pursue this music thing it, it, yeah. none of this would be here like none of this would have happened no, if i would have joined up like i would have met the same people i would have never moved to texas i don't, I don't think it's absolutely amazing like there's so many cool stories that like come from things like that, like someone being at the right place, right time. The only way that this story ever gets any better is if you find out in like 10 years that that army guy was really 
the Marines partner, and that's how they really recruit guys. <laughs> they're, they're in it together. He's like, "What's going to make the army look like shit for ten minutes?" And I'm going to come out dressed in the nines. And I got his yeah. Like knew he was coming. <laughs> he sends him, sends him down to the surplus store to get an army. No, but, uh, yeah. This is this is this is how you could actually believe that is that they had a deal going where the army guy goes, "Hey man, I'm quoted up for the month," and they have a bird dog fee. And like, hey man, send some guys over to me, freaking, and I'll throw you, I'll, I'll throw <laughs> you, you a freaking uh, red lobster freaking gift card or something. You know what I mean? Like, strong <laughs> possibility. Well, hey, if that was if, if it was a red lobster gift card that got you to where you are today, then God bless them. Absolutely, a red lobster <laughs> gift <What>? card. <laughs> now that Scott is shit all over the army, let's hear how Donnie joined the army. Let's get yeah. <laughs> So what Marine pissed you off enough to join the army, uh, Donnie? Oh, no. So the, uh, um, so it's very, very kind of similar. Uh, Scott and I are, are, are exactly the same age. I graduated high school in 1999. You know, it was, it was, you know, I, I come from, uh, I, my, my father was not in the military, but I have a lot of military in my family. My, uh, great uncle Donald landed on the beaches of Normandy. Uh, my grandpa was in the Marine Corps during the like, Korea. Uh, both my uncles were Marines. My uh, uncle Tony did two two tours uh, as Marine Corps Infantry in Vietnam. My uncle Jimmy was in uh, around like the Desert Storm era in in, in the Marine Corps. And I had uh, I was you know real fascinated. I had I had read the book. I'd read a bunch of a bunch of things, but I read the book Black Hawk Down, and then that movie came out, and it came out right like right around the same time Gladiator. And it was like oh, you know I'm like I'm like twenty twenty years old, you know, and just full of just piss and vinegar and testosterone, best shape of my freaking life. And and I saw that movie and that movie captured, I don't know if it was the music. I'm such a Sean Zimmer fan. It's just, I don't know if it was just the way that it was shot. I, I, I had, I had never seen operators operate. I was not familiar with, with CAG or any of that stuff. And, 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 and it, it heard about the Rangers and had read the book and things like that. But it, it I just saw something, and felt something and then and then just felt like it was it was it was like I didn't know that that stuff was going on you know and 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 felt it and and it was really compelled to it and 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 then you know went to Benning and, and you know and then just and and got that and then came back and was in uh the towers went down and and that's when I officially just was like okay I'm 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 completely you know going all the way into this and uh and you know and that was that was that was it and and uh, it's like, you know, and I, I have a totally different military experience than Scott does, but it's, uh, I mean, that's really what it was. It just was a sense of servitude and patriotism. And, um, and it just felt like, it felt like it was, it was like a calling. It just, it was like, I, I, I don't know if, 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 if other guys felt the same way, but I remember when, when that happened, you know, I was like, is there a boat that I can get on? Like, how fast can you get me over there? And it didn't matter who you were going with or what you were going with or what unit or however. It's just like, get me over there. We'll figure it out. You know, even though, and, you know, and now I'm like, oh, my God, I'm lucky to be alive. But, you know, it's really that kind of that kind of thing. I mean, that's 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 honestly it. Well, as someone that did not serve, uh, I always I'm sure you all hear this all the time. But to all three of you, all thank you for your service, of course. And it's just really cool to see how successful all three of you have become in, in different careers and journeys and all that kind of stuff. So. I'm sure all the listeners that will see this will have the same sentiments. Well, I'll tell you, that's one of our messages is like, uh, I'll just be blunt with it. I got, I, I'm so tired of the poor, poor, pitiful veteran story and aspect. I think for a long time, you know, I won't, I won't name organizations, but 
it was like you're watching like one of those commercials like a sarah mclaughlin somebody just kicked your dog thing and it's like you know there, there's i think that the message that we always try to portray and, and you guys heard this at the show is that as veterans especially combat veterans like it's our duty to come home and to, to live our best lives to try to pursue happiness to the best of our ability to pursue freedom to the best of our ability because our brothers don't and sisters don't get to anymore um uh, veterans especially ones that served in combat like it's, it's like the top the top percent of human beings on earth that can go in and and do the things that we've done we're hard we're tough we're driven we're told to go take a take that building or take that hill or whatever and that's then we go do it and we're willing to die to do that and so when we come back and seeing this like completely getting coddled situation for veterans i'm just like man that's not that's not what we need man like we need we need we need stories of people being successful and coming back and saying, hey, I can't undo anything that happened. I can't unpull the trigger. I can't unmake a decision. But what I can do is live my life in a better way to serve humanity, to serve our country, to serve our brother, uh, brothers and sisters, and show them that like you can have success after trauma. You can have success after right. uh, all this, the bad things that happen that you can, you can fight your way out of it and still take that hill. And I think that's what we try to convey to our fan base and our fellow veterans who come to our shows is like, Hey, we're up here doing this. You can do it too. Like we're a couple, we're a couple knuckleheads, man. Well, Hey, I think it's important too, that we educate the American people that the first thing they think when they hear veteran, you tell them you're a veteran. The first thing they want to ask you is, do you have PTSD? Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's what they go to. That's yeah. the first thing they go to. And like you said, like even the guys that have PTSD, it doesn't mean that they're not capable of moving on with their life and doing something great. So if we could get the American people to stop thinking that PTSD automatically ruins somebody yeah. and they can't be an asset to a company or do something great with their life. It's like they think the American people think everybody who served just all they did was shoot a gun and, you know, go into combat. And that's all we learned. We learned so much more as veterans. Mm -hmm. We learned how to lead, how to manage. Time management. Uh, how to be structured. If we can get the American people to think that first, you know, at least that's well, my goal. Donnie actually works with a, yeah. we both do now, but Donnie's been doing it for a long time, an organization called SOTF. Um, and Donnie can tell you more about it, but that's one of the things that they do, especially with the special operators. And one of the things that Donnie says best is like, they just don't know how to read a military resume. No, they don't. It's absolutely crazy. I I'll deal with these these huge corporations, these people are huge supporters of the veteran community. They don't un really understand anything. And they can be looking at a 20 or 25-year veteran. I mean, this person has, has you know, gone through the ranks, has, has either become senior enlisted or, or sometimes, you know, senior leadership in the, in the, in, in the officer corps. And these, 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 these people have commanded, you know, these elite units and battalions and, and just run incredible just done incredible things throughout their career. And they're, 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 they're like, Donnie, I don't even know what this, yeah. what this means. And I'm like, well, let me explain it to you. And then you, you can explain it to them in layman's terms. And then also, and then as soon as they start to understand, and then they meet these people and they've got a choice between that person. And then, you know, some, some, some dude who's, you know, fresh out of playing call <laughs> of duty, but he has a college degree and, you know, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're going to pick that a hundred percent of the time. And, and also it, it really helps to, 
to it really helps with the stigma of the PTSD because it it alleviates right. downtime between because people, men don't yeah. want to not work, you know, and you want to have purpose, and so you go from this highly it's just 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 you know just such an intense level of of commitment and servitude and and responsibility and and all of these things and, and high levels of training and most of these guys are multilingual and and multicultural they've been around the world they've let you know they can and 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 uh they're 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 highly employable and if you get and so we've seen a massive uh massive change in that kind in that mentality especially in the corporate world which has been fantastic I think it's interesting you talk about educating executives how to how to really read a veteran's resume and what it actually means on what yeah whatever's on their resume what does that mean you know I think that's that's very interesting and that's that's awesome and, and it's and then and then it's really cool because and and then they they start to work with the you know executive coaches and things like that and the next thing you know I mean these guys are they're kicking butt man right back well, they're in. going out and getting Love jobs it. that are leader jobs that they should be in and not driving a forklift at <laughs> yeah. Home, Depot. Home Depot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, or yeah. just going to one of the three letter agencies and thinking that's all you got that, that you can do. You know, you got guys that are freaking like running CAG that are freaking, yeah. they come out and people are like, oh, what do I do with this? <laughs> like, this, yeah. this guy, this guy should actually probably be your boss, is what it should be. Is, yeah, exactly. You know, 100%. You're, you're exactly right. And the things that they did under the pressure they were under is, you know, it's not the same pressure out here in the civilian world. No, it's, it's funny. Dude, we got asked the other day, like, what is the, you know, the, the difference of something of like being in war and in combat and the military and the music business? And I'm just like, is that even a question? Like, <laughs> we ain't getting shot no at. Comparison. ain't nobody yeah. ain't nobody dying like i mean this is easy man i'm not like yeah. my, my wife yeah. always like how come you're so like chill all the time i'm like because there ain't nobody shooting at me yeah. today like yeah. it's freaking sun's out baby like i'm good to go like yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not racking a 50 and going like this yeah you know <laughs> rolling the dice let's see what happens yeah. today guys <laughs> So true. So true. All right. We got a little bit of time left, maybe enough for like one or one or two more questions. If you guys could change one thing in the world and get completely get rid of it. So it never existed again. What would Government. it be? <laughs> <laughs> that was we just create our own militias. Leave people yeah. alone. Our own God, militia. I knew I loved you, Donnie. <laughs> you didn't even think it, it took half a second. Government. It's like you knew we were going to ask. Through cancer. <laughs> no, I mean, government. I just, no, I, I, I'm joking, but I mean, leave people alone. <laughs> no, for sure. Get out of our lives, right? Stay out of our lives. I mean, it's, 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 you know, absolutely you have to have infrastructure and things like that, but it's like, my goodness. I mean, leave, leave well enough alone. You're, you're, you're not helping. You're not helping. And, and it's, uh, and it's, it's just evident and it's evident around the world. And you can just, you can just see the yeah. suffering and the, just the, just the, the lunacy that, that comes out of some of these people's mouths. I'm, I'm, I'm like, you're, you're a, you're a crazy person. How are you in charge? How did this happen? <laughs> so, well, it's like looking at some of the uh, candidates that we have for president on both sides. Like, this is the best our country has offered. There's no way. Like, there's there's better people out there. They're just not politicians. Not politicians because <clears throat> it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dirty game, and and yeah. and it's obvious that it requires it requires a sacrifice of integrity. 
you know, at least, at least, at least for some people. And it just, it just is, uh, it, it, you know, and it should be for the people by the people, you know, and it's, it's, it's of the people and it, and it should be, it should be a position of servitude in which they're trying to do the best they can to help their fellow men and women across the world and, and implement things and be responsible and not, and not just continually screw things up and just, and just continue to continue. They're like, it's like, I feel like that when I think of the government, I think of a giant wound that just has a million band-aids on it. That's never going to heal. They just keep putting band-aids on it. Like in a body yeah, cast. Exactly. <laughs> just slap some duct tape on it's it like, and just hope it holds for a little it's bit. It's like a lumbering. It's like, it's like the, uh, the, 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 the marshmallow, the, the Michelin marshmallow man. It's just like, Stumbling through the city, just on people, just like <laughs> destroying stuff. <laughs> well, I think, I think too. Like when you like look, like saying like this is the best their country has to offer. It's the it's the ones that are just there that are actually willing to do it. It's kind of, I look at it the same way as like in the military when you have like a high percentage of really good NCOs or staff NCOs or senior leadership that don't stick around because they just don't want to put up with the bullshit. And it's just like. Yep. Good leaders are just going like, hey, I can be freaking making Screw this much it. money over here, spending time with my family, not like not getting the runaround because, you know, everything is just it's a gigantic game in Congress and Senate of just it's a never ending freaking circle that just like never stops spinning of bullshit. Well, it's it's all about winning right. and losing. Yeah. It's no longer what's about right what's wrong. right. It's yeah. about how can I it's not longer about that. It's about winning and losing. They just want to win, even if they know it's the right thing. If it's a Republican ideal, they're gonna all the Democrats are gonna vote no, right? Because it's a Republican ideal, even if they know it's good for the country, because they don't want the Republicans to do anything good, or vice versa. It's it's, it's, it's crazy. Well, even like especially now in 2023, like I I say this all the time, but common sense just isn't very common anymore. And whenever you're like staring at what our available options are. It's not about what they're saying that you believe in. Now it's, no. well, now we got to choose the lesser of two evils. And that's not how it should be. And I don't think there's really a whole lot of people in this country that wouldn't agree with that statement. Yeah. But I do love the well, answer. <laughs> and I would say that, like, and I agree with Donnie on that, but my, my answer is probably, like, there's so many answers that you could answer this to, but my answer may not be a super popular one because I am a 100% a, an advocate and agree with the second amendment. But if I had a genie that I could snap my fingers and get rid of everything that fired in the world, every bomb, every tank, every gun, it can never be built again. And we just go back to sticks and stones and axes and arrows. That'd be fine by me. If I get rid of every kind of war device that mass casually like, Hey, we're going to fight. Like let's do this freaking, we're going to go one-on-one with freaking axes and freaking and bows. And like, was that dad saying Friday? All you need is these, son. Yeah. These, these. <laughs> like, put down the gun. <laughs> if, if I could, if we could get rid of all anything that that you could shoot, fire, whatever that like, and you can never, it can never happen again. I'd get rid of that in a second. Yeah, Scott, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. I uh, I've asked that variation of that question a lot of times. Like, what would you ever get rid of? And I think that's the first time I've ever heard that one. And it's perfect. Like, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. One of my favorite answers was mental illness. Yes. Yeah. If everybody, if everybody could just live with a clear mind instead of 
battling demons yeah. and get right I would I would also like to just totally get rid of the devil. <laughs> yeah, screw that guy. <laughs> just out of Georgia? <laughs> just, just out of Georgia or, or completely? Would you go would you go away? No, just gone completely. Like what a dick. Like what a dick. <laughs> guy is a real asshole. <laughs> I just got that flat I just got a flashback of uh, South Park when the devil's in bed and his wiener comes out with Saddam and his little wiener comes out of the blankets. They're like wiggling. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's I love South Park. Oh man, what a great show! Oh hey guys, I know you're coming to town soon. March 25th, you're going to be in uh, playing at the Montgomery Mudbugs Festival. Is that what it's called? Montgomery Mudbugs Festival. So um, everybody out there watching this episode, I think a couple days before that show, yeah, make sure you guys come out uh, watch the War Hippies. I think Mark Chestnut's headlining that. It's going to be a fun yeah, event. It's going to be awesome. And then. Um... We're, we're, we run through Texas about, you know, five or six times out of the year, kind of hitting some different places. So for anybody that's watching in Texas, you can go to warhippies.com. We play in coast to coast this year, doing a lot of tour dates with Travis Tritt and then a lot of our own um, headlining dates. The the website also has all of our social media, everywhere where you can download music, YouTube, all that stuff. Just warhippies.com is the easiest place to go. Real quick uh, on YouTube, uh, what would you tell the people listening the two or three best music videos to watch of your music because they're awesome. Like the, what y'all done with some of these videos are great, but if somebody's never listened to uh, you guys, what would you suggest that they uh, go and watch? Uh, hang, Hangman and killing it. Yeah. Hey, those yeah. two. Those are, Heck those yeah. Are... I, yeah. Killing it is like my, I'm obsessed with that song. Is that, of... that Gordon's walk up song? Uh, no, 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 he <laughs> wanted, Gordon wanted, uh, <laughs> Make it out alive to be as long oh, yeah. as <laughs> we had. We had a softball game, and uh, we all the everybody got to choose their own walk up song. And Gordon chose Make It Out Alive song. <laughs> Hell yeah, Gordon loves we it. Love, Gordon Pete's big Gordon. fan, man. We Gordon Pete's one of y'all's biggest fans for sure. I was one of uh, uh, awesome, was really good friends, yeah. and then also, uh, which which music video was it? Hangman that has all the, the props from uh, Tombstone. Is that what that was? Yeah, that, that's that's a pretty cool story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> Well, thank y'all for taking the time today. We're going to try to get y'all down here uh, later in the year for a concert in the country. I'm going to work on that. We yeah, have a lot of requests it. for you guys for that event. And it fits the fits the theme of the event. So hopefully we can make that happen. Just let us know if there's anything we, we can do on our end to help make it happen. Awesome. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Sailor Jimmy podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information or to connect with Jimmy, Check us out on the web at SailorJimmy.com, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash SailorJimmyTX, on Instagram at SailorJimmyTX, and on TikTok at SailorJimmy. We'll see you next time.